Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Monday, August 7th, 2023. And our top story today, as mortgage rates near 7%, homebuyers begin to distance themselves. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Deidre Woolard is with The Motley Fool. Deidre, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Happy to be here. All right, let's, uh, we're going to break up our show today into residential and commercial. So let's start with the residential and, and let's start with mortgage rates. Um, they've really ticked up. You, you read all the news these days, close to 7%. Yeah, close to 7%, which is you know really the, the highest it's been since the, the early 2000s. Uh, but I feel like the sticker shock is abating a little bit. So there is more activity it just takes time when you have a big shift like this, when you go from two or 3% to close to 7%, it takes time for people to, to make that adjustment. And it makes a big difference in how much everybody is paying each month. But of course, and, and, I, and I understand that uh, financial decision, but has it really created a lot of headwind in terms of buyer buying, especially if you're that new buyer, if you've never bought before, is it, is it creating the headwind or are there other factors that may be saying, eh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hold off for a little bit before buying a piece of property? Well, every time you and I talk, it's about the inventory. Right. And so if you've got a two or three percent mortgage, you're not really interested in moving into a six percent mortgage. So inventory isn't getting on the market. And, yeah, that is absolutely affecting uh, first time buyers. First time buyer rate is down uh, a couple percentage points from where it usually is. And. I think you and I have talked before that boomers are are the biggest buyers right now. Uh, it it should be millennials, but it but it isn't. It's it's boomers who have the have the money to make the move. Yeah, they do. They do have the money. And I think you and I have actually really broken down down that down a lot. Um, let's talk about the the, the uh, inventory, though, because uh, ha- last time we chatted, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot on the market and. Uh, there seems not to be a lot on the market. Are, are, are we building more? Are, are construction companies and, and contractors actually building more? Are they doing more like refurbishing work to existing properties? Not as much refurbishing work just because there's not as much inventory on, on the market. Uh, home builder stocks are doing great. Home builders themselves are still, I would say, a little bit cautious. So Absolutely. Uh, new homes are selling a lot. Uh, we're not seeing the rate of permits go up. It hasn't skyrocketed. So home builders are still waiting. But the interesting thing is that new homes are just a bigger part of the market than they usually are. So home builders kind of have to save the day here, at least until inventory gets back online. And and you, you mentioned um, homes are the bigger part of the market. Where do, where do condominiums, townhouses... Um, single family homes, multifamily homes. Is, is there a, a, a trend? Uh, are people looking at, I, I guess it depends on your age and if you have children or not, but are people looking at certain properties over other properties? This is kind of one of the things I find frustrating is that the quote unquote American dream is still the single family home. So that's really what a lot of people want. 
I wish that more people were interested in multifamily and that more builders were incentivized to build great multifamily developments. We're seeing a little more development in terms of townhouses, so attached houses in communities. Home builders are doing more of that, but I'm not seeing a lot of multifamily development for sale uh, the way I should. But multifamily development for rent is, uh, is still going strong. You know, you, you bring up the American dream and my personal American dream is I don't want to mow the lawn and I don't want to fix the roof. So I, I'm kind of lean towards the condo uh, and I'm not like I can't do that. I'm still I'm only 50 years old. I can mow the lawn, but, you know, I just I really don't want to get into that. Uh, last question for this segment, uh, Deidre. Uh, when you look at what's selling, what sells a home or what sells a piece of property, is it still the kitchen, the dining room? I mean, what are what are some of the key areas of the home that people people are looking at? I mean, are there features or things that prospective buyers or prospective sellers need to think about? Well, you kind of mentioned something that's a trend, which is people don't want to do a lot of work on a house. So there is not as much of a demand for fixer uppers. There's really a demand for new homes. I don't, you know, I don't want to do a lot. I don't want to have to renovate the kitchen. I want things to be sort of clean. There's still that trend towards minimalist, modern, clean. Uh, there's been a debate about open floor plans, but they, they seem to be here for the long term. Yeah. Last question. I know that was, I said that was the last question, but I lied. <laughs> I want to ask you uh, in terms of maybe the appliances, we're drilling down really, but you know, I think New York State, some other states have really put a, the kibosh on certain types of uses of certain types of energy. Is that having an impact when you're a buyer? <clears throat> Pardon me, uh, when you're going to look, you, know, you want to have an impact on the environment. Are, they, are people looking at um, you know, non-natural gas uh, ranges and things like that? Yeah, the the gas the gas debate is is an interesting one. Uh, I recently was at the uh, National Association of Realtors uh, Economic Summit, and one of the things that they talked about was that the baby boomers that we just talked about they're actually really interested in the green features. We tend to think of it as a younger generation thing, but that's not true at all. So yeah, there absolutely is a demand for energy saving. One of the things that I think is most interesting is battery storage in the house. Uh, you know, companies like Tesla make that. You know, you have the solar panels on your roof, and that. Uh, converts to, to storage and having battery storage is important because it's been hot and we've seen rolling blackouts. And I think that's going to be a concern going forward. Yeah. And certainly in some of these areas where they have hurricanes and other, you know, we all lived through Hurricane Sandy on the East Coast and a lot of people lost power, especially in New Jersey, New York. Uh, Deidre, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at commercial real estate. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AF. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy.
featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Deidre, thanks so much for sticking around. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Let's talk commercial. Yeah, let's. And, and this one, Deidre, you know, there have really been a lot of headwinds. We've talked about this with you and others. You know, people are just not returning to the office, even though there have been some mandates, you know, that good old M word to do so. How's the commercial, when you look at the commercial real estate market as one big pie, how's it doing? Okay. I mean, office still is dominating the conversation. You know, we're about a month away from seeing where, where things happen in, in September. Uh, but that is the segment that is dragging things down. Segments that are doing better are industrial real estate still growing like crazy. Uh, data centers, the demand for AI is going to put increased increased need for power in data centers. That's, that's a sort of long-term trend. Retail, still strong. Hospitality, I mean, I, it seems like everybody's traveling this summer. So it's a hospitality real estate is doing well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, in particular, every time I turn on the news, there are delays, flight delays. Seems like everybody and their mother's traveling, whether they're traveling by plane, train, or car, automobile, I guess to quote the John Candy movie. Um, <laughs> have, have hotels bounced back uh, post COVID? Seems like they are or have. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely have. And uh, Airbnb is also doing quite well. So yeah, it's a it's a good time to be in in the travel industry. Although the other the thing that, that we saw a little bit this summer was that everybody went international. So a little bit of a drag on rentals uh, for the US domestic market this summer. Yeah, it's gonna and it's gonna be interesting. I know that there are some this is not the travel segment, but I know there are gonna be some new visa requirements if you're traveling to Europe. I guess we'll have to see how that all uh, fleshes out. Uh, Deidre, let's go back to retail for a little bit. Uh, those malls, um, I haven't really been to a mall in a while. You know, I, I, when I want, when I need something or my wife needs something, we may go, but are people hanging out and are people buying in these indoor malls or have they turned into the outside malls, like in the, uh, in old Roman times, the old Roman marketplaces? <laughs> well, I think this this story with malls is the outlet malls. The outlet malls are doing incredibly well. The traditional malls uh, at the high end still still pretty strong, but in in the middle there's definitely a, a lot of weakness. But that was a story even before the pandemic. But the outlets are booming. I was at a at the Tanger Outlets recently, and yeah, those parking lots are always full. They always have really good deals too. Again, we're not talking about clothing often on this program. I mean, on, with you. But there are some really good deals. You can get some good, good stuff. You don't have to pay full price on that. Um, Deidre, let's talk about data centers again. And you brought up AI. We have been tracking this for a long time, as I'm sure many others have. NVIDIA has superior earnings. We were talking about chat GPT before we were even talking about NVIDIA. Uh, what does this mean for data? I mean, you've got to have, if we are offloading our data or you need to do a lot of processing, you're going to need a lot of data centers to house the data, 
to, and also the computing power to to process all this information in in real time. Yeah, this is sort of a long term trend. It hasn't been a great. Uh couple of cycles for data centers, but they're sort of gearing up because everything that we do with AI takes more processing power. So with more processing power, you need more chips The and everything runs a little hotter. So you need bigger data centers, uh, more cooling, which is a little bit of a concern for, for water to cool those data centers. Uh, certain companies are trying to find other ways to cool the data centers. But yeah, we're going to see long tail demand here, probably going to scale up over the next couple of years. All right, Deidre, last question, and I promise I'll let you go. Let's talk about REITs for a few minutes. How are, you know, there are lots of different ways to buy property. You can buy it as direct investment, meaning you buy the full property, or you can buy a portion or all of a real estate investment trust. How have REITs done relative to their public, private, uh, direct uh, counterparts? REITs have had a not great uh, time in recent months. Uh, a lot of that is office dragging things down. Uh, multifamily is still pretty strong. Um, the office is down over uh, 24%. So that's really dragging everything down. And commercial and multifamily borrowing, uh, that's expected to fall about 38% according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. So all of that is dragging down REITs. I still love REITs for the long term. I'm a REIT investor, but certain segments are not uh, outperforming the market at this point. Yeah, well, I, I, I was reading a, just to kind of, as an aside, I was reading a story that said that REITs may not come back until 2025. That's like a year and a half from now. So I guess we'll have to see how it does. Deidre Willard, always a pleasure chatting with you. Great breakdown as always. You're, you're just f fabulous. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Good to see you. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness finance deck, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, and visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.